Welcome to the Hutto Community Church Podcast. HCC is located in Hutto, Texas, and is led by Pastor Russell Daniel. For more information, please check out our website at huddocommunitychurch.org. Now let's join Pastor Russell for today's message. You know, as I was thinking about the message this week, I was actually thinking about uh, the comforts we have here in the 21st century. Right, I think back 100 years ago and all the things that we have today that they did not have back then. Like it's 100 degrees outside today and we are inside in the hottest part of the day with some cold AC. Yes, you can clap for that. That's good. There are cold beverages in your refrigerator at home to help keep you cool and hydrated. You're not going to a stream somewhere to uh, get a bucket of water and bring it up to your house. We have uh, washers and dryers. We're not manually doing stuff. And we think about all the comforts and conveniences. I, I got to tell you, this is a little bit embarrassing, but this last week, Brooke and I were laying in bed and we were trying to watch a TV show just to wind down so we could go to sleep. And the internet connection was so bad in our room that our TV would not connect to the internet. So in the conveniences of all the things that we have, I got on Amazon on my phone without leaving my bed and ordered a new router so that we could have TV that actually streams in our bedroom. I mean, talk about comfort and convenience, right? And we have been uh, built up in a culture to be as comfortable as possible all the time. And I know you're sitting there thinking, thank God for these padded chairs, that we're not sitting on the plastic ones without padding. We love comfort. We hate to be uncomfortable. It's why we don't work out, right? Because it's hard. And we go and we have to sweat and we have to do things. And confession time again, I skipped four workouts this week because I didn't want to be that uncomfortable. And we do the same thing with, with our food. And we love food and we uh, are sometimes so addicted to it and those carbs that are so good make us feel so comfortable. It's good. You think about the ways we, we avoid pain. I mean, a lot of times we need surgery, but we can put off surgery a long time these days. We can get a shot for something and we can get uh, pills to help put pain away. Even when we go into surgery, there's anesthesia that's going to be there and we're going to go to sleep and not even feel a thing. And then we're going to wake up and we're going to have more painkillers so that we can be comfortable. But we don't just do this physically, right? Because we also do it socially. We oftentimes avoid social interactions that we don't want to be a part of because for some reason they're going to make us uncomfortable at some level. That's why some of us avoid small group or we avoid um, uh, serving sometimes because we don't want to be in a position that's going to make us feel awkward and uncomfortable. But it's not just socially. We do that in marriage relationships. Oftentimes, we need to have an uncomfortable conversation with our spouse about what is going on in our marriage and our life, but we uh, avoid that and we put it off so that we don't have to have the uncomfortable conversation. But then again, we do that with God too, don't we? And we say, God, here's here's the little box that you fit in, and and I'm going to serve you as long as you fit into this box of what I think you should be in. But as soon as you get out of that box, hey, God, I'm out. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to be uncomfortable. Because if we're going to be 
honest about where we are in our relationship and, and, and our involvement in faith, a lot of times we don't want to engage in things that could be embarrassing to us because of our past, wherever we've been, they would make us vulnerable because it opens the door for us to be hurt. And we want to be comfortable and avoid that at all costs. But the reality is, unless we become uncomfortable, we cannot grow and become all that God has for us to be. You think about working out. Why do we work out? So that we can put our muscles under tension and create those little microscopic tears in the muscles so that when they rebuild, they rebuild stronger. Put under tension so that we can grow. You think about when you take a new job, or maybe it's the first time you've come to church, or maybe first time you've been to church in a while. It's uncomfortable when you walk in, but you're growing. You're learning the culture of your new place of business. You're learning how to uh, do your new job, your promotion. It's uncomfortable, but you're growing and becoming all that God has for you. And that's what we want to talk about today as we turn over to Acts chapter 11. We witness some very uncomfortable situations in the Scripture, but ultimately causes gospel growth. So, pardon me, excuse me. Acts chapter 11, starting in verse 1. Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. All right, now time out here. We're going to take this really slow. So we got to rewind to last week for just a second. And remember that Peter, he had finally left Jerusalem. He had gone to Joppa and done ministry and then got a call to go to Caesarea. And he went to Caesarea and he preached the gospel there. And we find that for the very first time, the Gentiles were saved and received the Holy Spirit in a very powerful fashion. So all of that happened up in Caesarea, which if you're, if you're looking at a map would be here, and then Jerusalem would be about where my head is. And so word kind of travels back through Judea. It gets back to Jerusalem, and the elders of the church there in Jerusalem then begin to hear about it. And now we pick up in verses 2 and 3. So when Peter went to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, you went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. All right, now let's, let's unpack that a, a little bit right, right quick. So there was in Jerusalem a group of Jewish Christians who believed that you had to become a Jew first and go through the rites of passage and, and become a Jewish proselyte before you could then become a Christian and receive the Holy Spirit. So, so that's what they believed, and the important part of this is, is the circumcision part, right? Because if you're a male, and you were born a Gentile, and want to become a Jew, there is a very painful process called circumcision that you must go through in order to then be a Jew. And so this group says, listen, Peter, we heard what you did. You went to the Gentiles, and you did not bring them through the process of becoming a Jew first so that they can then uh, become a Christian. And so you went and ate with them. You became unclean. Peter, you're in the wrong, and you need to repent of what you've done. Basically, it's what they're saying. So they really, they cornered Peter here and made for an uncomfortable conversation, you can imagine. The last thing I would want is a very zealous Jewish person to be very mad at me for something I had done that was considered wrong in their religion. 
So Peter, he says, listen, guys, let me just explain what has happened here. And in verse four, he starts to unpack that. And he says, listen, guys, I'm with you. I understand. I thought the same thing. But let me tell you what happened here. So I was in Joppa and I'd done ministry there. And all of a sudden I had a vision from the Lord. And this is what we talked about last week. There was a sheet that came down out of heaven in Peter's vision. And on that sheet were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds that would have been considered unclean to any good Jew. And a voice that was the Lord said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And then Peter said, obviously, as a good Jew, no, absolutely not, Lord, for nothing unclean has ever entered my mouth. And the voice came back again and said, Peter, do not call what God has made unclean. And Peter begins to tell the, the Jews in Jerusalem the story, and he says, this happened three times, okay? And so uh, we're going to skip down to verse 11 and pick it up there in Peter's story. And he says, and behold, after I had seen this vision three times, and behold, at that very moment, three men arrived at the house in which we were sent to me from Caesarea. And the Spirit told me, go with them, making no distinction. So these six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered this man's house. Let's go ahead, uh, verse 14 as well. I'm sorry, verse 13, we'll continue. And he told us how he had seen an angel. This is the house they entered in, Cornelius, who was a Roman commander. He told us how we had seen the angel stand in his house and say, send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will declare a message to you by which you will be saved, you and all your household. Okay, so let's press time out again. Here's this Jewish group listening to Peter. They are God's chosen people. They have the law of Moses. They are descended from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They have a rich religious history. And all of a sudden, Peter says, listen, an angel went to a Roman commander, a Gentile Roman commander. Wait a minute, Peter. We're God's people. What are you up to here? And you can imagine how uncomfortable this would have made that Jewish group there in Jerusalem because it was outside of their box as to what God had done in the past. But Peter continues his story there. Verse 15, he says, Listen, guys, as I began to speak, I can't explain this, I don't understand it, but the Holy Spirit fell on them just as on us in the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord and how he said, John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I? Who was I that I could stand in God's way? And then when they heard these things, they fell silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Now, there, there's a whole lot in here, and, and there's a whole lot that we could talk about. But as P Peter is gathered in this room with these Jewish elders, he said, Listen, I, I don't know how to explain this to you, 
But you remember what happened to us when we were in that upper room? That's Acts chapter 2, if you want to look back there. When the Holy Spirit fell in just a very miraculous way, and, and we began to speak in tongues so that all the people gathered in Jerusalem could hear the word of the Lord, we began to prophesy. You remember how 3,000 people got saved that day? Listen, the same thing happened here in Caesarea. And I know we have this box that we put God in, and we think He should fit into that. But God did what God did. And in that very moment, there those Gentiles, they also, they did the same thing. They began to prophesy. They began to speak in tongues, just as we did. And we glorified God because Cornelius and his entire household were saved. They came to know Jesus for the very first time. Salvation went to the Gentiles. The Great Commission is being fulfilled. Now, again, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that we can look at here. But as I read over this this week, there was really just one phrase that stuck out in my mind over and over and over again. It's the end of verse 17. Who was I that I could stand in God's way. So church, let me, let me just ask you the question tonight. Would you rather be comfortable and be in God's way or be uncomfortable and follow Him? Would you rather be comfortable and be in God's way or be uncomfortable and follow Him? Listen, I think if we were to take a, a survey here, we would all raise our hands and say, oh, okay, pastor, I'll be uncomfortable and I'll follow him. But only this far. Because there's a limit. Well, I, I can't serve that much because that would creep into, you know, this time and I've got this activity and I've got this activity. God can't really do that. He, do, he doesn't work like that anymore. He can't really heal my heart. I've been through too much stuff. I've been too broken. I, God can't do that anymore. But let me challenge you, church. Let's be uncomfortable and take the next step, whatever that is. See, I think there, there's folks even here tonight watching with us online who are dealing with some matters of unforgiveness in the heart, some bitterness and we've been unwilling to address that. We think God can't deal with that in our heart and in our lives. But what God wants us to do is to be uncomfortable, to trust Him in those hard, those dark places where we've been hurt, where, where we don't want to tell anybody else about it. He wants to heal that. It might be that, that you've got to go see counseling and you've got to begin a journey to heal the hurt that is deep down in. But what if tonight... He just wanted to touch you right where you are and heal that unforgiveness and heal the bitterness that you've been carrying around for so many months and so many years. Many of us in this room have been through traumatic events and have PTSD because we've been through something that has drastically changed our life. We've been through a trauma, a, a loss, an event that is so hurtful that we've done everything that we can to block it out of our memory and to never talk about it, to never bring it up ever again because the pain is too much. But what if we were to be uncomfortable 
and to take a step and begin to address those things in our life and begin to relive those things in, in, a, in a way that we can deal with them in a positive way instead of being negative. What if God wanted to touch you tonight and just take all that away from you? What if you're in a marriage and you know you need to have those hard conversations, whether it's about finances and money and how you're handling things or where you're spending your time or how you're raising your kids or, or your sex life or, or whatever it is, and you know things need to change or it doesn't look good, but you don't want to be uncomfortable. What if God is saying to you, tonight is the night that you would make the decision to be uncomfortable, to take a step in the right direction, and to be able to trust Him with your heart and with your marriage, with your family. Be uncomfortable and take the next step. What if in your faith, maybe you have drawn the line in the sand and said, God, God can't do this in my life. This, this one thing that I want so desperately, it just can't happen. God doesn't work like that. I'm here to tell you tonight that He does, that He can. He may or may not. I can't answer that. But as, as your church family, we're here in that with you to pray for that, to pray that God would move in such a miraculous way. Because we believe that every person who comes here needs the, the healing of Jesus, needs to experience His goodness and His love and His grace. See, I go back to Peter. And you think about the journey that Peter was on. He didn't understand it. It was weird. It was uncomfortable. I mean, there, there he is in Joppa, right? And he has this vision. Well, I'm supposed to eat things that Moses said were unclean? I don't understand that. That's uncomfortable, God. Like, you've crossed the line. And then the Spirit speaks to him. He says, hey, go with these three guys. What? I don't understand that. That's uncomfortable. I don't know them. They could be dragging me off to a pit somewhere. Okay, I'll take the next step. He shows up, and, and it's a Roman commander's house. It's Gentiles. He's not supposed to walk in the door of that house. God, are you sure are you there? Is this really you? Take the next step, Peter. Walk in. So he's in there. He says, Cornelius, I don't know you from Adam. Why am I here? Why did you call me? And then God takes all these little things along the way and begins to put them together and shows Peter over time, I brought you here so that the gospel could go to the Gentiles literally so that it could go to all of the world. And this is the first step. It doesn't happen if Peter says, God, that's way too uncomfortable for me. Can't do that. Nope, sorry. Crosses boundary. Peter had to be uncomfortable. He had to be willing to take the next step of faith. So what about you? Are you willing to be uncomfortable? Are you willing to be vulnerable before God? Are you willing to go... Talk with someone. Maybe it's me after church. Maybe it's one of our prayer partners and say, I got stuff I got to deal with. It's uncomfortable for me to talk about. It, it might be slightly embarrassing, but I know God is asking me to take the next step and begin to deal with it and to trust Him. 
knowing that he's working for my good. He's working to heal what is broken within me because that's ultimately what it comes down to. When God asks us to address the things that are uncomfortable and hard to deal with in our life, it's not so that we experience more pain. It's so that he can meet us in that place and bring healing and wholeness where there is total brokenness. See, God is for your good. He doesn't want to just drag up old things for old things' sake. He wants to meet you in that place. So as you think about your life, you think about where God wants to meet you. You think about what life might be like if maybe God actually did come through. It's uncomfortable, and it surely takes a step of faith, but I believe He's asking you to do it so that He can meet you there and He can walk with you through the hard things, the trauma that life throws at us. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or visit our website at huddocommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.